So the man told me that this demon had been there a long time, but it was gone now. I'm going to ask that we all bow our heads in prayer. Just start rattling off all the bad things I've done until you get tired of hearing about them or what? I'm going to talk to you about the judge of the fatherless. Uh, I'm sure he doesn't mean to be so difficult, Mrs. Cleaver. It's just that he's at the age where he doesn't realize how important it is to keep a promise. Which Bible stories you want to hear? Is this a Sunday school? Thanks, Dad. Welcome back to the Faith of the Fathers podcast. I'm your host, Carl Gessler, here to reignite the faith of the fathers and... The faith of our fathers was one that included casting out demons. When Jesus sent out his disciples, he sent them out to cast out demons and heal the sick. And the Gospel of Mark tells us that these signs will follow those that believe that they will cast out demons and they will heal the sick. Well, I've been following Jesus for all my life, as much as that is possible. I have consciously, willingly, uh, I have made the decision to follow Jesus as a a teenager, around 15, um, and it was totally in earnest, and I've been after Jesus all my life. Yet, I have not cast out demons until recently, and that is a, uh, on one hand, it's a shame, because, you know, that's what Jesus told us to do, and I think I would have been far more effective as a minister in the past. I also would have had more freedom myself if I had more awareness of this ministry and how I could actually participate in it. Um, But it's also a great joy because I'm discovering it now. And, um, you know, one of the reasons I didn't do it before wasn't because I didn't believe it. I didn't think I could do it. I didn't think I encountered it. I figured that that kind of thing happened when suddenly someone was acting crazy and the Holy Spirit would come upon you and teach you what to do in the moment. And I think he does do that to those of us who are willing, ready, listening to him. But it doesn't happen automatically. And that's one of the myths about American Christianity, is that many of us believe that uh, following Jesus um, in a successful, fruitful kind of way is kind of something that happens to you rather than something you go after. We've been so... um, We have been hammered home in the evangelical world, this notion that there's nothing that I can do to earn God's righteousness, that we even put down many times people who are trying to live holy lives as if we're trying to earn our way before God. Now, it is 100% true that we cannot earn God's love. God loves us completely as we are um, right now, but we don't benefit uh, from that love while while acting in rebellion against it. We also don't see the fruit of the Spirit without rooting ourselves in the vine. And by doing things like prayer, spending time in the Word, worship, those kind of, kinds of things. But worship, prayer, reading my Bible doesn't make me um, more loved by God. It makes me more equipped, more able, more have more understanding to cooperate with Him, which is the goal. If you don't want to cooperate with God today, it's because you don't know him. Because if you knew him, you would love him. If you loved him, you would want to be like him. You'd want to cooperate with him. And so if you don't want to cooperate with God today, it's because you don't really know him. If you did know him, you would you could only love him because he is love, and there's nothing to object in him. So I've been learning to cast out demons, and I'm so thrilled to actually be doing it. And this past week, I had uh, a chance to do it again, 
And I just wanted to share that with you. Um, for those of you who maybe are familiar with deliverance ministry or have been doing it for a while, this story doesn't seem like shouldn't seem like a big deal because this is something that is truly normal to the intended Christian life, uh, the the life that Jesus intended for his followers. But for someone like me, this is new. I want to share it with you. It's exciting. So uh, I met a man who told me his background, and I want to be careful about the details because I uh, just want to respect privacy, but um, I think he would tell you his story. But it's his background was pretty rough. Um, I'll just say it involved lust, and it involved him being put away in prison for many years. While he was in prison, he gave his life to the Lord, um, but he has lived in tremendous shame ever since. Um, and now that he's out of prison, he is trying to make a life for himself. Uh, he's lost everything because of this sin. And so I was doing ministry somewhere, and uh, we started talking afterwards. And he was, again, um, kind of picking up where we left off last time, just really talking about the shame, the regret, the loss. Um, I will say it is connected to pornography. I know I'm pretty much saying everything except exactly what it was that he did, but uh, he's passionate about men realizing how damaging pornography is. That's what he he was talking to me about. It's what he's passionate about. And so I asked him, I said, are you free? So are you free today? Because, you know, he's out of prison. He regrets what he did. He wants other men to not make the same mistake. So it's a pretty important question to say, okay, so that's what you want, but are you actually living it out? Are you free? And he said, well, he said, I, the pictures are still in my mind. And I said, well, you want to be free of that. I said, can you renounce those? Are you able to renounce those? And he said, yeah, I, I think so. So we did that. We took a few minutes to renounce um, these uh some of the things that he was struggling with. And I asked him also, how did this get in? And he mentioned his father. So we broke off curses, generational curses. Um, and these things, everything that I did in this uh, time of prayer with this with this man is stuff that I've learned online from um, people like Isaiah Saldivar, Daniel Adams, Greg Locke, John, um, John Deere, Jack Deere. Uh, these, uh, you know... It's interesting because I've heard, um, as I've been exploring this with other people and sharing videos, I've heard a number of people kind of object to uh, these deliverance, um, these videos of deliver deliverance being on YouTube. And I get that, you know, you don't want to exploit people, but I'll just say that I am learning a ton from watching other people. Uh, it just helps me. I've always been a hands-on learner, and it helps me to watch somebody else do it and now I'm like, okay, that gives me a roadmap that I can imitate, that I can follow. I'm not just being a copycat, but I'm ca gathering the, the the principles and applying it. And one of the things that <clears throat> that I've learned from watching some of these other guys like Isaiah Saldivar, Daniel Adams, is that uh, tenacity is necessary in deliverance ministry. Breaking off, general, uh, there are various things to break off. You renounce sin, you repent of sin, but you also might need to break off some generational curses, um, some oaths that were maybe spoken by your grandfather that are still affecting you today. All these things, they're things that I am learning from people online, and I just want to acknowledge that, because especially at the height of 
all the COVID-19 tyrannical stuff, uh, which uh, we're still living with tyranny on so many levels. But anyway, uh, when all the churches were shutting down, I have I was very much against doing church online, and I still think that it is falling short of what God intends for the human race. I think that we must have uh, you know, the fellowship of saints, the communion of saints is something that has to happen in person. There are some things that uh, just can't happen um, behind a, a camera. You know, you need to, there's there's something special about close physical proximity with somebody and uh, with God's people. Um, that being said, I have also had to realize that God has been moving mightily through the internet. People have been being healed and delivered, and I am being I have been being discipled in a way through the internet. So I just want to acknowledge that, and that's what I'm doing here today, sharing with you what I am learning uh, myself in this journey. So um, I'm praying with this guy. I break off the curses, and he renounces everything I ask him to renounce, and then I just start commanding this spirit to come out of uh, the spirit of lust. And uh, I, I, it didn't, I didn't see any. There was no manifestation. Just a guy bowing his head, closing his eyes. Um, and I was commanding it to leave and just kind of waiting to see what happened. And it seemed on the outside like nothing was happening. So I asked him, it, do you feel anything? And he said, yes, I feel like this sludge in me. Um, and it's kind of moving around, I think he said. Not So I kept commanding it to leave, and I would say, come all the way up and all the way out, which is something I hear Greg Locke say a lot. They're commanding that demon to come all the way up and all the way out. And I would continue to do that. Then I would ask him, is it still moving? And he'd say, yes. And I said, which direction? Is it coming up? He said, yes, it's coming up. And I could kind of sense that. It's like coming up his uh, his chest um, and again, just continued. Uh, and then it seemed at some point, he just kind of, his shoulders kind of relaxed, rolled back. He's, he was tearing up. During this process, he says, it's just been there so long, which was really kind of a heartbreaking thing to hear, but also really exciting because it was. I said, it's about to leave. It's not going to be there anymore. And we continued to command it to come out. And he, his shoulders rolled back. I could see he was tearing, tearing up. And he said, I have been waiting for this for a long time. And the words he said to me was, I just had to wait for the right person to do it. Which, you know, their temptation when you hear something like that is like a pat on my back. Oh, I'm that guy. You know, I'm a real special Christian. But the, it's really a tragedy because Jesus didn't say some of you will cast out demons. He said, they, those that believe, these signs will follow. They will cast out demons in my name, and they will heal the sick. So, you know, praise God, it happened. But also, we should grieve over the fact that it took this man a long time to find a Christian who knew how to cast out a demon. And one of the things he said to me, too, he said, you said it with confidence, like you knew it was going to happen. And that is true, because now that I've seen how it works, now that I've done it by the grace of God, I understand that it may take a little time, but that demon does have to obey, does have to obey if the person has renounced the root problem and if I if I am persistent, if we're persistent in commanding it to leave. One of the surprising things about this whole process is that demons don't just immediately obey. Sometimes they do, but many times they drag their feet like a child who doesn't want to go clean their room. I mean, I hate to compare a demon to a child, but they they do act like petty children 
in that they are just uh, whiny. Many demons are whiny, uh, stubborn, rebellious, and you have to be firm with them. They have no power over over you in Christ, but uh, but they will resist, and they'll and you need to stick around until uh, and keep driving it out until it's gone. And so we did that. Um, I gave the man some advice about closing some doors because of some of the things that he mentioned to me about his life. You know, it's important that we keep doors closed. Any area of compromise um, is an area that the devil is going to exploit. You know, that's what Paul talks about, a loophole. He says, don't let the sun go down on your anger and give the devil a foothold. It gives the devil an opportunity to take advantage over you and to wreak havoc in your life. And so every time we cast out a demon, we have to learn to close those doors. Um, and, you know, if, you, if you're wrestling with a demon and you need help, um, you can leave a note in the comments. You can reach me on my website, carlgessler.com. Just send me an email through the contact button. I'd be glad to pray with you, um, and you will be delivered. Um, but there are c- certain principles that you can apply immediately yourself, and uh, some of the number one things to do even if, if you're already wrestling with a demon and you might think, well, I got to get this out of me and then I can start doing the spiritual disciplines. I don't think that's true. I think if you start reading your Bible, praying and worshiping right now, you're going to make demons uncomfortable and they're going to want to leave. But it might be easier. It probably will be easier if you have someone else praying with you, helping you, guiding you through that process, seeing things from another angle. Plus, if you have some demonic influence deeply rooted in your life, you may find it very difficult to get time to pray, to read your Bible, or to worship because it's going to want to hinder you in doing that because demons want to make you their home. They don't want to leave. But you've been bought with a price. Therefore, glorify God in your body. Plead the blood of Jesus over you and claim yourself as the territory of the Lord. We are in a war right now in our nation and in the world, there is a war over the soul of America. There's a war over the soul of you. Jesus has already won the victory for you, but the blood that is more than enough for you won't do you any good so long as it's not applied. There's a story in the Old Testament about what we call the Passover, where uh, this was a, f- uh, a forerunner or a foretaste of the Messiah that would come. The Israelites were about to leave Egypt, but there was a death angel coming um, into the camp to slay the firstborn of Egypt uh, so that to put the fear of God into the Egyptians so that they would be willing to let the people of God leave. Uh, but the people of Israel were also subject to this death angel unless they took the blood of a lamb and wiped it over the door of their home. So the blood of the lamb preserved them from the death angel. And in the same way, the blood of Jesus preserves us from those who steal, kill, and destroy the works of the devil, the minions of the devil, the devil himself. But the blood of Jesus won't do you any good so long as it's still sitting in that bucket, not applied to your soul. So if you want to be free, apply the blood of Jesus to your soul. Maybe you're watching this today, you're, uh, you're not even a believer Um, But you know that you're tormented by darkness. You know that you're tormented by suicide. You know that you're tormented by by murder, by a a spirit of murder. You're tormented by depression, um, anger, and you want to be free. 
The blood of Jesus was shed for you. It doesn't matter if you grew up in a Christian home or if you grew up with atheists. It doesn't matter if you never smoke or drank or cursed in your life or if you have been a lifelong uh, serial murderer. The blood of Jesus is good enough for you. It will completely cleanse and purify you, and it will set you free from all unrighteousness and every demon that plagues you. So if you need help, if you want to know the love of Jesus, if you want to know the freedom of Jesus, then you can do that today. As I mentioned, you can reach me through my website, carlgessler.com, and click on the contact button. And the links for my website are in the show notes. As always, you can also leave a comment below. And right now, I'm going to just pray with you, too, so that you don't even have to wait to contact me. I'm just going to pray as the Spirit leads and you're going to be blessed. So Lord, right now, I just thank you for every person watching this video. I thank you that you're moving in their lives. I thank you that you're moving all over the world right now to set the captives free. Thank you, Jesus, that your blood is enough. It's enough for every person who's watching this video right now. It doesn't matter the sexual sins that they've committed. It doesn't matter the the filth that they've looked at. It doesn't matter the crimes they're involved in. It doesn't matter the relationships that they're involved in. You are ready to set them free. You're ready to cleanse them from all unrighteousness and to make them completely pure and holy. You love them, Jesus. I thank you that from the beginning, you loved them. It says in the Bible that it's because of your will that we exist and we're created. None of us here were cre- exist because we wanted to exist. None of us exist because our parents wanted us to exist. The only reason we exist is because you wanted us to exist. Because of your will, we were created and we exist. And it's because of your love that we exist. So thank you for wanting us. Thank you for choosing to make us. Thank you for choosing to die for us so that your blood can act as a detergent to wipe away every sin in our lives. So in the name of Jesus, for every person who has confessed their sins and said, yes, Jesus, I am a sinner. I am full of lies. I am full of lust. I am full of greed. I am full of envy. I repent right now in the name of Jesus. I repent. And for all of those who, of all of those who are right now repenting and claiming the blood of Jesus. I just speak this freedom over you in the name of Jesus. Spirit of envy, come out all the way up and all the way out. Leave, leave, go to the pit and do not return. You are bound in the name of Jesus. And every person right now struggling with anger, bitterness, and rage, I command that spirit of bitterness, anger, and rage to come all the way up and all the way out. And if you if that's you right now and you are struggling with bitterness, anger, or rage, if there's someone coming to your mind right now that you hate, you need to name them and forgive them. Say, I forgive and I bless Chris. I forgive and I bless so-and-so. Whoever the person is, I forgive and I bless them and I release them in Jesus' name. That's one of those footholds that the devil will use to stay in. You've got to forgive in order to get free. So, Lord, I just thank you for the freedom that you're bringing, and I pray that every person watching today would just be filled with the Holy Spirit, be filled right now with the Holy Spirit from head to toe. Lord, drive out all wickedness, all ungodliness, all corruption, all perversion in the name of Jesus. Go, and Holy Spirit, pour yourself out on every person able to hear the sound of my voice right now. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for being with me, guys, and I'd love to, for you to comment uh, below on 
how this prayer, this time together has affected you. Let me know what God's doing in your life. I'm going to be back soon. I will be going to um, a conference, a deliverance conference in Nashville, Tennessee with Greg Locke and his wife, um, Isaiah Saldivar, Daniel Adams, and several other people with my family for Christmas Eve, uh, for New Year's Eve, I should say. Um, We're going to vlog that. That's the plan. Uh, So I look forward to sharing that with you. But this is kind of what I was talking about a moment ago about, you know, it's great to have ministry through a camera. It's great how the Holy Spirit can minister uh, over the internet, but there's nothing that beats uh, being face-to-face with somebody. And one of the things I'm most excited about, about going to this conference, is being with people who are all in for Jesus, who are not afraid to speak against the culture, who are not afraid to stand for truth. And I just can't wait to have fellowship with them and also to see the remarkable things that God's going to do in delivering and saving and healing people as he promised to do because Jesus never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I believe that I'm going to receive a special, uh, a more, um, an endowment, a uh, impartment of the, uh, impartation, I should say, of the Holy Spirit just by being at this tent in Mount Juliet, Tennessee, near Nashville. Um, I understand that people are showing up spontaneously. The Holy Spirit is at work there. And sometimes there is something very special about a uh, place, place and time. God created them both, and they're unique. And I believe that in this space and time, God is in Mount Juliet in a very profound way. And I can't wait to go there, gather some of the fire, bring it back home, and share it with you here on the podcast. All right, God bless you guys. I hope that you will cast out a demon this week and share it with me. Share that story with me. All right, God bless you guys.